This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 22. We've made it all the way to Exodus chapter 22 and now we're in a we're in passages that just deal with how society needs to operate in order to have just have peace and uh, have orderly uh, society. Just be able to do the things that are necessary for uh, society to function well and for people to function well uh, in that society. And so that there's not always strife. There's not always uh, wars. There's not people being driven to the place where they feel like they can't be heard and that they're being taken from their they're being their lives are being destroyed by others and it's just a it's just some common sense and you begin to see the heart of God in this and God's desire for for his people to live in tranquility to live in peacefulness and to live in a place where the likelihood of others doing wrong to each other is diminished and diminished greatly and what that means is that there needs to be there needs to be some some form of punishment for crime. And we live in a day and age today where where there is a desire to not penalize people for crime, and especially in San Francisco and New York and Chicago, property crime is a huge problem, and it is a major problem. And people's ability to defend their 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 property, defend defend their businesses, their storefronts has been greatly diminished. And and the government government agencies that are uh, meant to enforce them have been diminished. They've been defunded. They've been taken away. And so there there is rampant property crime going on in some major cities in our country, which has caused some. Well, just cause some huge difficulties and huge problems. And as you're going to see, as we go through this, in many ways, this, these passages teach us things that give us a understanding of what's necessary for there to be good civil society. And what I mean by that, civil society means that people act rightly toward each other and the society is ordered in such a way that it, that it encourages people to act rightly toward each other and discourages those who don't act rightly toward each other. And so when you're studying through uh, Exodus chapter 22, you're going to see God basically say, these are the things that you need to do governmentally in the way you handle these situations. These are the things you need to do governmentally in the way you handle these situations so that you can, so that you can set it up so people are unlikely to do what, what would, well, break down civil society. And I, I dare say that if these things were being done in some of the towns I mentioned earlier, 
the likelihood that there would be a uh, uh, run that they would have all these lawless lawless groups of people running through their city destroying destroying their cities would would, would not take place it says in, in chapter 22 verse 1 whoever steals an ox or a sheep and slaughters it and sells it must pay back five head of cattle for the ox and four sheep for the sheep now i want you to notice that that obviously ox or oxen or cattle are of great a lot more value than sheep are and so if you've got your resources if you're a person back then and you've placed uh, your resources in oxen or cattle then you've got a lot of resources in that one in that one item that you own that one animal that you own you placed all the all that resource in that item and animal and then sheep are, are, are obviously a little bit less. You would, if you're going to start in the herding business, you wouldn't start with one cow. Cow, you would start with sheep. And as your flock grew and you got more, more sheep, and you became more and more wealthy as far as sheep are concerned, then you could buy you a few cattle, and then you might buy you some camels, and you might buy you even some donkeys, and you would begin to grow. You know, you'd begin to grow your business. And this passage says, if someone steals from you and slaughters it, and notice, or sells it, he notice these people might be somebody who actually needs the food. They're hungry, and they steal from you to eat from it. Notice, that's not okay. It's not okay for a person to steal from someone else, even if it's to eat. I'm going to say that last night... My wife had a Christmas party and for her work, and it's a big event for her corporation. It's a big corporation. And as I drove into town, there were people that were begging on the road where the event took place. That doesn't take place very much in the state of Alabama, but it does take place some, especially in cities where they have decided that's what they're going to allow to take place. And what was strange about it, it wasn't elderly people begging on the street, and it wasn't women. I didn't see any females. I saw multiple people begging on the street. It was all young men, and they were begging on the side of the road. They all had bicycles, meaning they probably had some form of transportation somewhere else, and they rode their bicycle there so they could ride their bicycle back to that form of transportation. The Bible teaches us that if a man does not work, he does not eat, and that's not Old Testament law. That's New Testament. If a man has the capability of working, he should go work. And you say, you can't work today. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. We live in, we live in a world today where the job market is a wide open and the starting salaries for a lot of jobs are really good compared to what they were five, 10 years ago. And you say, you just can't make a living wage doing that. You're right. You can't. No starting job is designed to, to be a living wage. Living wages are for people who work their way up in, in businesses. You don't you would never design a starting level job for someone to be able to live off for the rest of their life. You wouldn't really want to do that totally. Why? Because you want them to get good at what they do and move up. You want people to become better. And society wants to do that and and, and economics wants us to do that. We want to build economies where people are encouraged to be better and more and make more money, to grow in their in their field and become good at it. You don't want people to continue to just be apprentice electricians. You want them to become master electricians. You want them to 
own their own business. You want them to branch out. You want them to become more and more, whatever their chosen area or chosen field is. Now, some people uh, struggle to, to move ahead in those areas. Maybe they have some reason that they may not, and you might, but even in that, they become really good at their job and they their salary grows because because they're good at what they're what they are doing, even if it's an entry level position. Entry level worker is not an entry level worker after two or three years once they get really good at what they're doing and and they should be paid more. But you anytime you ride around and see grown men, we're not talking about fifteen year olds. We're talking about men in their late twenties, early thirties, maybe in their early forties but most of them were in their 20s and 30s, begging on the side of the road. You've created a society where men don't work. And scripture clearly teaches that men ought to work. And you go, what has this got to do with with the world we're living in and, and Christianity? It's the Bible. The Bible teaches us these things. The Bible doesn't just teach us the things that you like to hear. The Bible teaches us how to, it, the Bible is the basis of Western civilization. It teaches us the things that, create orderly society. And if someone steals someone steals someone else's property in order for them to be able to eat, they the punishment should bring about a incentive not to do that ever again. So if I steal an ox, I owe four more. I owe you the one that I stole and four that I four more. And if I steal a sheep, I owe you the sheep I, I stole or and three others. Oh, you full sheep. Why? Because if I steal one, I only get the value out of one, but I owe five back. I'm very much disincentivized from stealing. And I'm disincentivized from doing the things that, that I did. And I'm very much likely not to do that. Notice, and not only that, does the Bible teaches that we have a right to defend those things. We do live in a world today where defense of of, of property is has been uh, diminished, and how people treat other people's things has been diminished also. It says if a thief is caught breaking in at night and has struck a fatal blow, then the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. Notice, if you break in on people when they're the most vulnerable and you break into their home and you're killed, then they have a right to defend themselves. They had the right defense sale. But he says, but if it happens at, after sunrise, the defender's not, it, it uh, is guilty of bloodshed, meaning you can't just beat them to death in the broad daylight. And you got to remember, these people lived among each other. So if there was a, a disruption, especially during the day, there'd be a lot of people awake and a lot of people able to come to your aid fairly quickly. Uh, so if somebody broke in during the day, there was no need to kill them. But if they broke in at night with you and your children in your house and uh, you uh, kill them, he said, you have a right to defend yourself. Notice there are some bedrock foundational understandings of how to run a society that God's given us here. He's saying if you steal, it ought to cost you, and it ought to cost you a great deal, a lot more than what you stole. You shouldn't have to just pay the restitution, and, and we have methods for restitution repayment in our uh, penal code in our legal system and our criminal justice system but it's not as it's not as harsh as these uh, if you stole a thousand dollars under that system four or five thousand back and uh, that causes you to uh, to think about what you're doing notice they didn't have jails either they didn't have prisons it was either punishment or death 
And uh, so when you're dealing with a group of people that don't have uh, a giant prison to place anybody in, a jail uh, to put anybody in, they had to deal with the crime right there at the moment. And so either the crime was a capital crime, meaning it would it cost you your life, or it was a crime of a property crime in which ultimately you would lose almost everything you had because you committed that crime. Anyone who steals must certainly make restitution. Notice, anyone who steals must certainly make restitution. But if they have nothing, they must be sold to pay for their theft. Notice, they have to go into bond slavery. They have to, they have, they, there is a method of confinement for them. They have to go and be a bond slave for someone to pay for their debt. debt. So if, if I stole one ox, I would have to pay five back. How many, ever how much I could, they could get for me as a bond slave for that debt, however long it would take for me to pay it off, I had to work to pay it off. Notice, it's facilitating work on the behalf of those who are doing these crimes. If the stolen animal is found alive in their possession, whether ox or donkey or sheep, they must pay back double. So you notice, if they sell it or if they butcher it, they got to pay, they got to, they have to pay four or five times what it was originally worth. But if they find it in their possession, they just have to pay that one and another one. Anyway, very disincentivizes, it very much disincentivizes stealing from others. It is a protection of personal property. Personal property matters. And society's ability to protect people's personal property will determine how civil, how tranquil, how good the society is. And the society's inability to do that will cause people to take actions which cost the society, I want you to hear me, it costs more to function in a society that allows people to steal. It, it costs a lot more to function in that society, and it benefits people a lot less. If I allow people, as they can in New York City today, to walk into a store and steal $500 and not be arrested, then the store, listen to me, the store doesn't eat that cost. If they eat all that cost, they are out of business and no one is uh, able uh, to purchase anything in the city. Um, if they don't eat that cost, they have to pass it on to someone. Well, they have to pass it on to other people in higher prices of things cost more because they're having to pass on the cost of theft to other people. Uh, when uh, people talk about food deserts in cities, meaning there's no place to buy food in the city except for fast food, there's no place to buy normal food so that you can make a normal meal at your house. The food deserts are generally there, not because people don't want to make money selling food in the big cities. They're there because uh, marginally, meaning how much I can make as a percentage of how much I sell is less in the food industry. So if I own a grocery store, my margins sometimes are as low as 3%, but no more than usually 10 or 12%. If my margin is 7%, meaning I make 7% off of everything I sell out of my grocery store, and I'm losing 9% out the back door, meaning 9% uh, is being stolen from me from my grocery store, then I am losing money. And the only way for me to fix that is to raise my prices. And who does that cost? Who bears the burden of that cost? The people do. The people in the society bear the burden of that cost. And so understanding that God says, listen, we cannot allow people to uh, take away from others their personal property. 
because their personal property is a product of their own labor. And if I take away a person's benefits they gain from their own labor and then tell them what to do with their labor so that I can be in control of it, they are my slave. Do you hear that? They are my slave. So personal property is a bedrock understanding. It's a bedrock understanding of how to run a society that is free. Without personal property, there is no freedom. And without protection for personal property, there is no freedom. And God has made us to be able to freely choose, to uh, choose uh, life, to choose liberty, and to choose to pursue what fulfills us or makes us happy. And he's given us those rights. They're innate to us. They were born in us when we were created. They were given to us by God. And for a society not to protect those things, not to protect life, not to protect liberty, not to protect personal property, not to protect your right to choose what you do with your life and how you live your life, for a society not to do that, that society becomes a society of the elite, and those who enslave them. And so I would say to uh, the, and, and the people who are enslaved by them. And so what I would say to you is you need to see that God is a is an author of peace. He is an author. He's not the author of confusion. There should not be in society groups of people that run roughshod over other groups of people and take what is not theirs. What a great Bible study this morning on Thursday morning. And if there is anything, a scripture, you, you say, that just wasn't super spiritual, Pastor. I know. I know I, it wasn't super spiritual, but it was doggone true, wasn't it? It was really true. And God's saying to us, listen, I've got ways to do things right for everyone. I've got ways to do things that is good and beneficial and pleasing to everyone and for everyone. And if you'll do it my way, you'll have the best. And if you do it your way, you're always going to fall flat of your face. I pray that you won't do that. I pray this Sunday you'll be in church if you're not a part of Lake Community Church. If you are a part, part of Lake Community Church, expect to see you there this Sunday. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.